Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode with your famous Anthony Angotti, the master of all that is real estate. <laughs> Tony, what's going on? I don't know if I'll go that far. But but howdy, the uh, that's the new one of some of all that is real estate. I am in the process of looking up a Florida town for today. Oh, I thought you. Uh, okay, that's that's great. How do you how do you know that our tenant isn't already from uh, Okeechobee? because uh, they're from Wasissa. Oh yes. But the trick today is that there is no Florida tenant. Ooh. We're giving you a break. But if we did have a Florida tenant, they would be from Wasissa or Telogia. I don't know what, or Telogia or Telogia. I, in this town in Florida on Google Maps, they have a United States Postal Service place with a one-star review somehow, a Telogia Baptist Church, and a Telogia Grocery called the Telogia Trading Post Incorporated. Right. So they are our sponsor today. Thank you to Logia Grocery. You help everybody smile. They have 44 reviews, 4.4 stars. So if you're ever going down to Tologia and the Villas Trailhead Florida Trail, be sure to check them out. Okay. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Um, wow. Uh, yes. So with that... <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to switch into a little segment where we talk about should you be fixing certain things in a property? What are no. we <laughs> Okay. Why don't you, why don't you, <laughs> Tony says never fix anything and never evict your tenants. Um, so Tony is, are we, is this is under the assumption we're like rolling over the apartment and there's someone new or we're buying a place? What's kind of the what's the context? just various situations? Somebody could be somebody lives there, could be flipping it, could be whatever, and it's pretty much just would you fix it or would you leave it as is? So um, that's that's the thing, and I have a few real life situations I think of, um, but but we'll just alternate. I'm sure you have some real life situations too. Um, like for instance, replace ceiling fan or not replace the ceiling fan. Uh, paint it with black spray paint. Yeah, it doesn't spin. Obviously. Does it spin? <laughs> but uh, all right. So I got a question for you. The question is, tenant is up for renewal. There is an outlet. They have two outlets in a room that work. And there's one outlet in the floor that does not work and has never worked since they moved in and they want it to be fixed before they renew. Do you fix it or do you not fix it? Um, or alternative, what would you do? I would probably crack it open and see what's going on. Uh, but if, if it wasn't like a five second fix, I would not renew. I would it's say. like in the floor, in the floor, in the floor too. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I wouldn't renew then. I would say oh that. yeah. No, no, not fixing that outlet. But here's what we did. We offered them 
a $15 increase and in exchange for the $15 increase, we added a new outlet on the wall that they wanted. And we said, there you go. And they were happy. And we covered up the old outlet and just stupid. Who who wants an outlet like in the middle of the floor anyway? Like what in the world are you going to do with that? Like I'm going to plug my cell phone charger into that. Who even put it there? It's so stupid. Uh, I'm guessing this isn't an office space. Uh, no, no. Anyway, all right. Now well, you got a situation for me. Yeah. So, um, you're getting, you're buying a place, and the circuits are not grounded properly. Are you? How? How are you going to resolve this issue? I'm going to put two prong outlets in that do not require a ground. All right. Generally. Yeah, what we do when the property justifies it is we switch them to GFCIs and we put a little label on them that notes that they're not they're not grounded. That can work too. If you're doing like excessive electrical work though, sometimes it's good to just add the grounds, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Or if you have an old okay. box, you might be able to ground it in the box. You have a dishwasher and this dishwasher, the person has to push the drain button really hard to make it drain. But it still works fine otherwise. They just have to push the drain button pretty hard. Like every time some, they run it? Sometimes twice. Some Just when they want to drain it. Just if the drain didn't happen, there's maybe some extra water. So when it runs fine, the they don't have to do anything. No, I'm not nope. fixing that. No. They need but to it's a big it. deal. It's a big deal and you need to fix it now. Oh, well, if it's a big deal, then I'm not going to fix it. <laughs> exactly. Nope, not fixing that. So what's, what's one for you? <laughs> Uh, mine is the tenant has a stove with an analog clock and the clock no longer works on the stove. Oh, when I say analog clock, I mean, it's not digital. So there's like a dial on it and not because it's like retro and fashionable. (laughs) Is the stove comprised of metal? (laughs) Yes, it is. So I first say I'm not fixing it. If they continue to pester me and be a jerk, then what I do is I buy a $4 magnetic digital clock and I send it to them on Amazon and say, fixed, (laughs) and then laugh. We didn't do the last part, but we did did inform them that there's a clock on the microwave. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Nice. Yes, exactly. Functional. Okay. Um... Person has been living there for ten years, and they've final and they've started to complain that their floorboards are creaky. <laughs> uh, Too creaky. Like when someone's in the house, it wakes them up in the middle of the night. Um, I would eventually not renew them, and then uh, <laughs> probably put in the no squeak screws for the next tenant. <laughs> so no. I would not be fixing though. Oh, we did actually fix it. So this one we fixed because the ceiling below the room in question was a drop ceiling. So we were able to actually just put shims under and oh, we okay. and we did we did fix it. So it's pretty easy. However, if it was a typical creaky floor, I, I would just say no. So the, the other thing you can do, depending on the flooring type, if it's not sealed, is you can sweep graphite powder in between the boards to help with the squeaking also. Hmm. That is what I That's should have interesting. answered. Interesting. Yeah. Smart. It's you got one. What's... A powdered lubricant. Uh, nice. Yeah. Insert sex joke here. All right. So you buy a house and there are metal windows and your tenant um, complains that they're not opening and closing easily. That one you got to fix. That's like a fire risk 
slash quality of life thing that yeah. you just kind of you got to replace the windows if they can't lock yeah. it certainly even if it just doesn't stay open they need to be repaired or or replaced generally that sort of thing all right um tenant calls you to say that the kitchen sink is leaking underneath but it's fine because they just emptied the bucket <laughs> and they just keep the bucket underneath it like you don't got to worry about it uh, that's why they called fun. you because you don't have to worry that's about why it. they called you yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna fix that one yes and you're gonna inspect their apartment as well because there's a reason why they don't want you in there <laughs> so. um, all right one more for each all right so my next one is tenant calls you similar situation they're saying that their bathroom sink is leaking um and when you go uh and check it out it's not underneath. It's actually the like the faucet has like a small drip. The faucet's actually dripping, but like so a you know the... a very small little like. Bloop, bloop. Yeah, you do you pay water? We do pay water. Yeah, so you replace that because that's going to be like a crazy amount to the water bill. So replace the faucet. Yeah, we we did replace it. Well, we actually just popped off the top and then tightened it. But we noticed Makes that the sense. tenant tried to fix it themselves and messed some other stuff up. Duct so. tape. They just put duct tape around it. Um, they had like taken off some of the waterproofing and the screws were rusting on the sink. It's, yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. Um, let's think of one more. Tenant says house is haunted. Believe them. Buy sage. Sage the house for them. Yeah. Sell the house. Sell the house. To me. Yeah. At a very low price. <laughs> because it's haunted. Um, yeah. I mean, would you want it though? That's like eh, damaged goods. Oh, most ghosts are actually great ghosts. If you think about like all the people that have died, you know. I don't know. I watched that haunting of Hill House thing, and that lady was was not 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 a great ghost. Oh, I haven't seen it, so maybe that's why I'm willing to buy. All right, <coughs> tenant asks you to uh, get rid of the popcorn acoustic ceiling. Not fix it while they live there. Too messy. Too involved. Sorry. Deal with it. Sounds fair to me too. All right. Okay, Doke. That was our fix or not to fix segment, sponsored by Ghosts. No, oh, okay. I thought Telogia is off the map. All right. Well, no, no, they one. were our early show sponsor. We, we're very big now. We have multiple sponsors. Can't deny that. All right. So our question today comes over the Instagram from RNR Forever. Uh, I believe he's coming out of Telogia. Odds would have it. Telogia, Florida. And he says, I'm going to my first RIA meeting. How can I be sure to get the most value out of it? You got any any thoughts? Mm, so I think first, uh, what is a RIA? It's a real estate investment association or group. Um, and my my advice to R&R Forever would be, uh, don't be the person that shows up and says, yeah, I can't find any deals. Because that doesn't move the conversation forward. <laughs> I would be two ears, one mouth and looking for people that have uh, interesting problems. So maybe there's wholesalers in the group. They're trying to get unload deals. You know, and I would just go in with kind of your understanding of trying to understand uh, kind of what the group is really about. The dynamics of the group. And then, uh, you know, just look for other people that you can really help out or connect with people that if you have any people. and. Be humble. That would be my advice. So your advice made me think of something. And really, there's like two kinds of 
regroup meetings. There's like your big 300, 400 people meetings that are kind of like lecture style almost. Like there's usually a period at the beginning of networking and then you sit in your chair and you listen to some national speaker or some speaker come in and give you a little bit of content and then try to sell you more content. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's that. There's that kind. And then there's the kind that you're kind of referencing. It's like smaller groups. Um, the negative to that is that you'll meet probably less people. But the positive to that is that your quality of connections will probably be higher because as long as you participate, you'll actually be like interacting with people. So there's two ways to go about or like both these take kind of a different approach. I think I've been to a lot of RIA meetings. I manage like a small group one. And I think of people that get the most value out of them. Number one, you have to show up and not expect to just consume content. You have to actually participate, even if it's just questions, even if you're new, just participate and don't be shy. When people go to these things, it's not like typically it's not an elitist thing. Like every once in a while, you get somebody who thinks they know everything and like that's their problem. No one really knows everything. You're learning something from everyone. So even stupid questions I and mean, people are people are happy and to help and you never know where those basic questions can lead. So actually participating is is number one. Usually coming prepared with something to talk about is useful because I know with my small group, a lot of times like I don't come with a lecture topic. Mine's more just discussion. And I'll say to the group, like, I have some things I could talk about, but what do you guys want to talk about today? And normally there's just a bunch of people staring and they're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, okay, so if you're the person that brings something up, if you come prepared with something, that's very good because number one, you're getting answers from other people. You do have to kind of, you know, weigh the answers a little bit. Like, don't take everything for gospel. Use your brain. Everybody has a different approach, different level of experience and everything like that. But at the same time, coming prepared with something not only is going to help you, but it's also going to make you so that you're interacting with the other people in the room. Um, and the real benefit from these meetings is not the information. It's more the relationships that you build. So interacting is going to be the most important thing. That goes a little bit into kind of the big group session thing. Like a lot of times the speaker is the draw. And occasionally there is like useful information that you get from the speaker. Um, even though they're trying to sell you seminars, they usually come with some kind of value at the meetings. But the most valuable thing is, again, still connections that you're going to make. So not my personality and not not the kind of approach that I really like and generally not someone that I will like connect with very well is the person that comes into the room with like a stack of 200 business cards, walks around to every person in the room, hands them out, says, hey, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Here's my card. Like if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. And they do the same thing to every person. And it's just not very personable. And to be honest, unless you have like some crazy pitch that you've worked on, which is unlikely, you're not really going to resonate with anybody and no one's going to remember you. So the way that benefited me at the beginning with the big RIA groups, and then I suggest to everyone, is just find somebody in the room that had like looks like they probably know what they're doing. Um, hmm. Or a lot of times too, like a lot of the people that kind of know what they're doing, they're generally sometimes they're just sitting off by themselves, like go find somebody that's just sitting off by themselves and just strike up a conversation with them, like sit next to them and just start talking to somebody. Because the chances are that those three or four conversations that you'll have that go on for more than five minutes 
are going to benefit you a lot more in the long run than the conversations that are like 10 seconds with you just handing out business cards. So, um, and then a lot of times, like if you do run into somebody that goes frequently to the meetings and, um, you know, that you have a good conversation with at the end of the conversation, you know, it's a little bit self-serving. So sometimes it's not natural, but if they seem like someone that's helpful, you can be like, Hey, you know, I'm just getting started. Like, do you know anybody that kind of did was in my shoes recently that I could talk to that's here or something. And then sometimes people will like, if somebody said that to me, I would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, let me make an introduction. And then I would go introduce to them to somebody else. If the person's annoying, number one, to get them out of my hair, <laughs> but, but, but number two, oh, just to be helpful. I'm just kidding about the annoying part, but, um, but no, like that's, you know, that's a useful, useful tool. Like try to make it not so much about, quantity but more about quality with the people that you're meeting even at the big ones and definitely don't just be the person that like wallflowers it like even if you're not a super social person you need to force yourself to go meet at least one person because that's the only reason you're at those meetings as much information as the speaker might have the information is not pushing you forward generally it's the connections that you make that's pushing you forward so that's my advice to ria meetings or really any networking type events i don't maybe it's just my personality but i think it's most people's personality i can't go around and like speed date with people at networking events i tend to find a couple people and just latch on and it's benefited me more in the long term than i don't know meeting a hundred people at one event yeah i mean if you have like a really the type of person who's asking this question right they're not gonna be like if you have a very specific value proposition like i will come like last episode, I believe you were talking about, you know, I'll come, I'll scrape snow off your steps and I am like a liability shield for you. Right. That's like, right. that's like a very specific business cardy kind of a pitch. Right. And that's, yeah, like you're selling pitching. Something. And that, that kind of engagement can be like short and snappy, but the type of person that's asking this question probably doesn't fit into that. So, you know, yeah, just, you know, try and like be fun if nothing else. Right. Like people are there, they're spending the time. I mean, don't be a clown, but you know, like, I mean, it's not that hard to like have at least one interesting story up your sleeve. Tell some of the stories that Tony's told you on the show, just <laughs> make them your own, appropriate them, you know, or like, just like what you're doing, just yeah. be like, Hey, you know, I'm just getting started. I'm just looking to like meet people that are doing this. Like, where are you at? And it always feels awkward, but it's like, it's just the first person that people are going to talk to you because everybody's there for the same thing. Everybody's yeah. there to network. So Yep. You just made their life easy because now they don't have to be the first one to approach somebody. Yeah. I don't know. And most people aren't going to be like, yeah, man, get away from me. I'm just I'm screwed. Bah humbug. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Just make sure you're making connections. Sitting and consuming the information isn't really the point. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right, Tony. Um, oh, we have to do something we learned. I learned yeah. how to go to Aria and not screw it up so bad. That's a cop out. All right. I learned what a cop out something I learned is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll do. So you go ahead. You thought of something? Yeah. Um. So for us, we have been looking at a couple different neighborhoods, and we saw on the community development plan that there's a um something was greenlit where uh like two million dollars will go into a specific part of one of these neighborhoods, and. I don't think that's well known. So that was like a very helpful. We've been a little wishy-washy about uh, this part of town. It's like it's doing okay, but it's not great. And that helped us have a little more confidence that 
this area might have a little more potential. So just kind of keeping abreast of some of those community development plans and like where are they going to be putting in new crosswalks or, you know, like where what's the new development pipeline even look like for an area? Uh, I think for me, it was easy to like overlook some of that stuff, but then getting a little more tapped into some of the large projects and some of the community development stuff has been a big, uh, a big win. Cause, and yeah. I should, I should say we, we mostly invest in duplexes and like single family houses, right? We're not doing like these massive multifamily stuff where this would obviously be part of your strategy. Yeah. You just want to know that the community is doing something, you know, that yeah. they're like making improvements. Some, some areas just kind of stagnate and don't really do anything. So. Yeah. And then, I mean, even for us, like there's this massive apartment complex that's supposed to go up next to one of these golf courses. And basically the community is like holding them hostage and saying, well, you need to put in these sidewalks and these crosswalks and like all this other mm -hmm. stuff, which is great for us. Right. Cause it's like, oh, well, that's cool. I mean, it'll either happen or these guys at least thought it was worthwhile investing enough money to put in like 80 new apartment. <laughs> so yeah, there must be some indicator of demand here. So it's a win-win in some sense anyway. <laughs> Yep. That's good. So something I learned is a little bit more direct. Um, we were using this solvent stuff to try to get rid of wallpaper, like wallpaper removal solvent. And we actually found out that the combination of vinegar, this is like old school wallpaper. Apparently it's like different types of wallpaper come off in different ways, but hmm. this is like hundred year old wallpaper. Um, the combination of vinegar soak and then a heat gun actually kind of makes it peel sort of right off a little bit easier. Still takes a lot of, of elbow grease, but I did not think of the heat gun approach. You just have to make sure you don't catch the wallpaper on fire because that is a possibility. And I may or may not have done that. So, well, so you were doing this yourself? Oh, yep. 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 We have this building that we purchased and thought it would be fun to do a project. <laughs> well, everybody else other than me thought it would be fun to do a project. I was not thrilled about doing the project from the beginning, but just the deal's good enough that it really doesn't matter how long it takes to finish. So I was like, fine, whatever. I'll make myself useful, do do the man's work, uh, or just person's work, because everybody's working on it. But you know, makes me feel makes me feel handy and productive whenever I do work. Yeah. And like more manly. And then you so, finish it and you're like, I'm not doing that again. And then you do anyway because you're a glutton for punishment. Yeah, yeah. Boy, so, uh, you and I are on the same page on that one. Well, we mm -hmm. just got some wallpaper in this new place that we're about to buy. So we'll give you a Nice. Call. Have fun. It sucks. You will not give me a call. I will not show up to our quote. When you ask me for an estimate, I'll say, I'll be there on Thursday. And I just won't show up <laughs> on Thursday. We had a guy who showed up, walked the place. And then just never sent us an estimate. He was like, no, I don't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, so anyway. All right. Well, uh, give us a call, everybody. 412-212-8366. Uh, leave your name, number, uh, social security number, ATM pin, and how much money is in your bank account. And we'll take care of everything for you. Tony, where can they reach you? Um, they can send me Bitcoin to my email address. Uh, no. So... Uh, they can reach me at 412agent on Instagram, um, but the best place to reach me is to call into the show at 412-212-8366. We just 412-212-8366. You got it. And uh, 
we will answer your sh question on the air, give you a shout out, make up your name or read your name or you'll say your name. Yep. One or the other. Um, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's the best place to get in touch with me. And, or um, really big with telepathy lately. So just just use your mind. All right, man. Well, thinking of you. Talk to you later. <laughs> See ya. Bye.